science today, and we're going to talk about the science of rivers. Pretty cool, I think. Let's roll. So really quick before we begin, if you haven't yet, go grab your classes and session shirt. All you got to do is put your phone up, QR code, pop up in the site, boom. Uh, this will give you the feeling of being a full-on part of our class. You all already are. But why not pick one of these up? And it might even score you a couple freebies as well. So I'm going to put this up later again at the end of it. So let's roll. All right, guys. So. Today we're going to talk about earth science, and we are going to talk about a very integral part of the earth. Rivers, streams, and creeks are the names for all the flowing water that pretty much goes through all over the earth's surface. We're going to talk about the biggest one today, which is the river. So get out those notebooks. Let's, uh, let's learn something new, shall we? All right, so what is a river? That's the good, a good question to start. So a river forms from water moving from a higher elevation to a lower elevation, all due to gravity. When rainfall falls onto the land, it either seeps into the ground or becomes runoff. That will flow downhill into what uh, makes up the rivers and lakes on its journey towards the ocean. In most landscape, the land is perfectly flat. It slopes downhill in some direction. Flowing water finds its way downhill initially as small creeks. A small creek will continue to flow, making itself larger into a stream and eventually a river, and the river will eventually flow into the ocean. If the water flows to a place that's surrounded by higher land on all sides, that's when you're going to get a lake. If people have built a dam to hinder a river's flow, that lake forms is a reservoir. So, it's a lot of information to break down in here. But really, the easiest way to describe it is when the rainwater comes down, it's got to go somewhere, right? Everything's pulling by gravity. So, where does it go? Well, it goes downhill, because that's how gravity works. And while it sometimes ends up small, it will end up being a full-fledged river. And most rivers, generally speaking, make their way to an ocean basin. Um, however, as they said... Uh, this is from the U.S. United States Geological Society, so it's a government page here, so they know what they're talking about. These guys are super smart. Um, they said that if you end up with higher land on one end, you're going to end up with a lake. Now, lakes are important for various reasons. You don't want to cut off the flow of water. However, in order for agricultural reasons, for farming reasons, which I know is kind of the same terminology but different portions of it, you need water to sustain it. Now, we're going to talk about one at the end of this uh, lesson here that actually no longer flows as much as it used to because of that type of thing. So, the uses of a river. They serve many uses. The phrase river of life is not just a random set of words. Rivers have been essential to not only humans, but also all non-human life and plants as well. Um, plants need water to grow and thrive. Those plants then attract animals who come to either drink the water or to eat the plants. And of course, as the chain of life or the food chain, you have predators that come to get those grass-eating animals as well. 
Um, it might seem that rivers happen to run through many cities in the world, but it is not that rivers go through the city, but that rather the city was built around the river. This is very key because rivers don't form around what we built. We have built, which is one of the problems as to why many rivers, lakes, and water bodies have disappeared because our buildings have basically prone or made these rivers unusable and they dry up, which is why you have to be careful when you are using water or building as not to interact or, you know, screw up the flow of the river. Um, for humans, as I mentioned before, we are we divert rivers for flood control, but also, as I mentioned, irrigation, power generation, public and municipal uses, and even waste disposal. All the things we need when you flush your toilet or turn on your sink. That is a, uh, a use of, you know, municipal uses, waste disposal. When you use water to generate power, let's say for your electricity, um, that is for that. Schools have to have fresh water for the kids. Zoos and reserves, stuff like that, have to have fresh water for the animals. You go to a theme park, you have to have a supply for not only the restroom facilities, but also for drinking water as well. So almost every place you go, whether you're at home or somewhere, you need to have some sort of pipe that leads fresh water to your people. Now, where does the water in rivers come from? So we mentioned that obviously it comes out of the rain, um, but it's, you know, and they call it a stream flow, and that's one part of the water cycle. Um, but the water in the river doesn't all come from the surface runoff. Rain falling on land also seeps um, into the earth to form groundwater at a certain depth below land surface called the water table. The groundwater becomes saturated with water. Brisby, I'm glad you brought that up. So they do. And actually where I am, there are a lot of courses. What I have learned recently is that a lot of those places now will recycle their own water as to not waste so much. However, because of the amount of grass you are keeping green, yes, they go through a lot, which is why a lot of people are not fond of the big golf courses because that's what happens. But knowing that many of them are trying to recycle, that is very important. So thank you, Brisby, for bringing that up. That is super important. So if the riverbank happens to come to the saturated layer, as most rivers do, the water will seep out of the ground into the river. Groundwater seepage can sometimes be seen when water-bearing layers emerge on the land surface or even on a driveway. So the rain comes down, it should just flow, but you have the groundwater and the water table, and sometimes when you get too much of it, it actually comes up. This is when you see rain events in areas. For instance, in California, we get really bad rain sometimes, and it will overflow. Why? Well, because you have more coming down than you can hold, and it has to come out somewhere, right? So it seeps up. It comes out of drains. It comes out of driveways. And water is very strong. If anybody out there watching has lived by the beach, I know somebody whose home was taken out by a tidal wave because water pressure is super strong. So not only do you have to make sure that when you are dealing with all of this water cycle that you get the clean water, but you got to make sure your pipes and your machinery are strong because if it's not bolted, if it's not nailed down correctly, you're going to have a major problem because, well, you know, it's a river. 
it's it's a natural uh, a, a natural thing. They have a lot of pressure in there. So they made a little diagram here, and it shows the ground below the water table is saturated, whereas the ground above is not. Makes sense, right? Because the water is going under, it's not going to go to the top, which is why you have dry ground and you have wet ground. Now, if you guys ever go to the beach and you dig through the sand, you'll notice that if you're close enough to the edge, all of a sudden the, the sand becomes water. Why? Because the water is pushing under. You just have to uh, dig deep enough to get there. So fun fact, the, the sand is actually you know, the, the water is seeping in through the sand. It's pretty cool, I think. Now, the top layer, which is unsaturated soil or rock material, is usually wet, but not saturated. Now, again, this is really when it's severe rain, and it may be moist, and you may not be able to feed on the layer, but there is some water in there, probably to help whatever has to grow, or at the least, keep everything from drying up. Of course, if you're in desert areas, that's one of the biggest problems, right? Um, not enough water, dried out. Plants, animals can't survive very well. Um, saturated water-bearing materials often exist in horizontal layers below the land surface. Since rivers, in time, may cut vertically into the ground, the water-bearing layers of rock can become exposed on the riverbank. Thus, some of the water rivers attributed to flow coming out of the banks. This is why even during droughts, there is still some water in streams. So for those who are looking and going, okay, so we're having a drought or it's dry up, why is there still water? because there's always water underground. However, it doesn't mean that it's always gonna to come to the surface depending on how the water cuts through. But if you go to an area, a forested area, a rainforested area, even areas in Africa that have the big, you know, the Nile rivers, the big rivers there, it's not so much that there's no water permanently, it's that you gotta get down there to find it, but the drier and hotter it is, the harder it is for it to be accessible. So you're always going to have some sort of liquid, even if it's not usable liquid, because that's just how rivers keep it going. So where does the water in rivers go, you might ask? Well, like everything on Earth, water obeys the rules of gravity, and they want to go towards the center of the Earth, which is why everything goes down. So water goes downhill and ultimately goes flowing into the ocean, which is at sea level. River water, as we mentioned, may end up in a lake or a reservoir in a pipe and at, you know, a farmer's corn stalks, a local swimming pool, or even into your drinking water. But most of it eventually goes to the ocean where it rejoins the water cycle, which is always in process, uh, progress, excuse me. So water will end up everywhere depending on where you go. And as we just said, it's either agricultural, uh, you know, something fun, municipal, like a pool, or of course, out of your faucet. And, you know, if you have one of those filters, it'll filter through your um, sink as well. Now, one river, and this is what I was talking about at the beginning, that doesn't participate anymore in the natural water cycle is actually the Colorado River. The Colorado River goes from Colorado to the Gulf of California and Mexico. However, it's not as strong as it used to be due to, well, climate, due to geology, but also due to building and human um, encroachment on the area. So while the Colorado River starts out mighty, mighty enough, obviously, it carved out things like the Grand Canyon, it ends up barely a trickle by the end. And why is that? So it used to flow into a large marshy area at the Gulf of California, but now it disappears into the farmlands at the base of what's called the Sierra de Juarez Mountains in Mexico. So as it flows, 
into the uh, southwest, it gets used by the residents there and the crops for irrigation. And it's used so much that literally you have very minimal to nothing left. Now, one might say, well, you know, you kind of need that, right, to, to keep the people happy and, third and, uh, and quenched and all that, right? But think about that, guys. The Colorado River, which considered one of the biggest rivers, really can't be considered that much anymore. Why? Because of this here. So whether or not it's due to human, whether or not it's due to geology, probably more so human use than anything, it's pretty crazy how it can change in a matter of, you know, decades, not very long. Now, yes, I'm glad to know that the water is being used by, uh, by crops and irrigation and not just being wasted, but still, that is a pretty sobering thought to think, right? How a massive river can, can change. So really quick, guys, one more time, I want to throw this up. If you haven't yet, go grab our Classes and session shirt. Uh, the more you can uh, grab, the more help you give for us. And like I said, you grab one, you'll really be part of our class. Snap a picture, and you might even get something cool from doing so as well. All right, everybody. So thank you so much for joining us. We have art history later today. So if you are a fan of art, you want to learn something new, you're not going to want to miss it. This is a really interesting guy that we're going to talk about. Until then, guys, as always, thanks for watching. Stay curious.